0: Hi, this is Jeff Steele. Today we're reading from Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 22. First, a quick recap. We ended last week with a story of God appearing to Moses in a burning bush. Now, God appeared to Moses and told him he was sending him to Egypt to lead his people out of there, and he told Moses that he was sending them to a good land, it was spacious, it was prosperous. And if we end there with verse 10, it might sound like a slam dunk, right? God says he's sending me to Egypt. Sweet. Let's go. But we find today that Moses actually has different ideas. It says, uh, starting in verse 11, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, Yahweh, The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt." I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us, so please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Now, Moses is having kind of a hard time And and first of all, sometimes I think we we give Moses a little bit of a hard time here Because God himself speaks to Moses and gives him a plan And then Moses gets all wishy-washy about it Now, from our perspective as readers of the story Thousands of years later, it's easy to think Come on, Moses, get with the program here I mean, this is God that you're dealing with after all But when I think about making decisions, it would be nice to know exactly which way to go, wouldn't it? So many times it feels like we're trying to discern God's will for our life. You know, should we go this way or that way? Should I make this decision or should I wait a little bit longer? Where should I live? Which job should I take? Who should I marry? And so we pray, God, what is your will for my life? Show me which way to go. We read scripture. We read we talk to godly people, we ask them to pray for us also, and we might think, man, this would be so much easier if God would just tell me plainly what I should do. I mean, wouldn't that be great if God would just show up in some way so that it was unquestionably him, and if he would not be vague or, or not just kind of imply things, but if he would plainly say, hey, this is exactly the plan here it is. From step one until the end, just follow this exactly and everything will end up perfectly. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, that's exactly what Moses got. And guess what? He still didn't want to do it. I'm thinking that you and I actually wouldn't have done any better. It's easy to think that a direct word from God would give me all the confidence in the world to go boldly and do exactly what I knew God wanted, but you know what? I'm not so sure. After all, there have been times in my life when God didn't speak from a burning bush, but I knew something needed to be done. I knew it to my core that I should speak up and that I should get involved. And you know what? I did nothing. And there have been times when I knew to my core that I absolutely should not do something, that God would absolutely not be pleased with me, and guess what? I did it anyway. Knowing God's will and being prepared to do God's will are two different things, aren't they? When we assume that we would be able to follow God if only we knew what the outcome was going to be, I think we give ourselves actually more credit than we deserve. Moses had the plan, he had the word from God, and he had the outcome, and even he tried to get out of it. I wonder if Moses actually thinks that his useful days are behind him. I mean, think about it. Moses, he got involved in this mess once before, didn't he? Remember, he killed an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew slave. But that was back when Moses was a person of influence. Remember, he was a member of of the royal house in Egypt. He had power back then. Surely, if he was going to do anything about the Hebrew situation, it would have been then, wouldn't it? Now, since that time, he's been out in the wilderness taking care of sheep, quietly raising his family. I mean, there's honor in that, certainly, but there's no prestige. There's no influence. If he couldn't accomplish the change that he wanted to see in the world back then, how is he supposed to do it now that he's an old man? He says to God, who am I to do this thing? I mean, maybe that could have been me once, but man, that was a long time ago. Here's the thing about God's plans. He doesn't really need our help with them, right? When Moses was part of the royalty in Egypt, he might have had more influence, but instead God chose to use him when he was only known by a flock of sheep. Moses might have thought he had more to offer back when he used to be somebody, but it made sense to God to use him when he was a nobody. Moses once may have had the power to change things, but God changed the world through him only when his power was long gone. Do you ever think it's too late for you? There's this verse in the New Testament, actually, in 1 Corinthians 1, where it says, God chose the things, uh, God chose the world, uh, the things that the world considers foolish, in order to shame those who think that they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. That's... How God has always operated. Here in Exodus, it's Pharaoh who's the powerful one in the story, right? He's the one in charge, he's the one with the authority. But he's about to see what God can do. So the question is how about you? Are you too old? Are you too young? You're too far away. You're not smart enough. You're not spiritual enough. You're not strong enough for God to use you. Do you imagine that someday when you fully understand the whole plan that God has for you, that you'll be able to willingly accept it and follow him? Because I wonder, maybe it's time to start trusting today. Maybe it's time to believe again that God's strength is enough to get you through. Where do you sense that God is leading you today? And what will you do about it? Let's pray. Father, I ask for strength and courage today to hear from you, to know you, and God, more than anything, to follow you. Even if we only get a step at a time, we don't get the whole plan like Moses had. But God, give us a step. Give us one step today. And God, give us the courage to follow you and to take that step in your name. Amen. Have a great day.